Hello, my name is Ben. I am your host for this week's episode of the Too Vague Podcast. We've got a clip show for you, our second clip show. We just hit our 60-episode milestone, a collection of never-before-heard material that was either cut from the show or it's warm-up material. Before we talk about that, I'm going to talk about some recent developments and some things that I've been doing in preparation for maybe a new segment involving Nora. So recently, I have been on a steam binge. I think we talked about this on the last episode about the Humble Bundles. That kind of got me started taking a look at what the deals were. And then one thing led to another. Steam has a sale like every day (laughs) on something. I only have a Mac as my primary computer, so the games themselves are kind of limited I have been toying with the idea of maybe getting a a Steam Deck at some point instead of investing some serious money in a PS5 when they become available, but I don't know. On their website, they've got some that are optimized for the Steam Deck, some that don't work for the Steam Deck, some that have some things that work, but they don't have this seal of approval yet to be played. It does look pretty cool. A couple of the concerns is it gets really hot and it's really loud. In my old age, the screen size is a little bit of a concern for me. In looking into possibly getting a Steam Deck, I was looking through their catalog and I noticed that they have a lot of games for the Mac on sale. So I decided to pick up a couple of them. Even though I have it on PlayStation 4, I picked up Hades on the Mac. So now I go to the coffee shop and play Hades for a little bit while I should be editing the show for you fine folks and that's where I am playing Bug Snacks. I'm playing that on, on the Mac. There's only one thing that I don't necessarily enjoy about Mac versions. Recently, they made a jump to 64-bit, and a lot of these games that were playable on the Mac are not playable on the more recent versions of the OS. So that's one thing i got to be concerned with if I buy a game is to make sure that since I don't dual boot, I do have a really old Mac. Maybe I'll see if there's some of the games that I can play. But generally, you know, it's for the laptop. As you know, and as my one audience member, Nora, knows, I've been trying to get Nora into video games. Started with some point-and-click adventures. Just bought her a copy of Donut Country, which we will be talking about on the next episode. In talking to her just before I started recording this show, she's really enjoying it. We did a test run today of her watching me play Hades and doing some commentary. I still have some bugs to work out, I think, as far as the way I'm going to record that. If anyone out there is listening and has any suggestions on how to record something separately on two different sources, you know, how they do that. I mean, I I thought about streaming, but we want to keep it as as no frills as possible, as very low tech as possible for Nora. But the first test seemed to go pretty well. I'm going to get some ideas and we'll see what we can cook up for maybe doing the after two hours game reviews that I was going to do before I finalized the show format. Wow, it's been almost a year and a half. Holy cow. That's a little bit of what I've been up to. So let's get into it. The first clip you're going to hear is a chat that Cheyenne and I had with Nora before starting a recording on Hype. Nora, we called her up 
she couldn't locate her notes, but the conversation kind of led to a joke back in probably February. Well, basically, Neil Young had decided that he was going, based on some disinformation and something that he perceived as dangerous information about COVID, decided he was going to remove his entire catalog from Spotify. And recently, Spotify said that they they got uh, Neil Young back, but that's not 100% true. They do have any of the selections in his library that have been used by movies. So it's not a complete catalog of his work, but some Neil Young songs are on Spotify now due to probably what I would consider a loophole. I mean, you know. So we talk about this whole thing that happened and it ends up being a generational joke that Nora tells. Hilarity ensues. Enjoy. Oh, you're at a start. What are you going to get? Do you know? <laughs> no, I already have uh, green tea lemonade. Oh, nice. Lemon, lemon loaf. Yeah. That's so good. I love that stuff. Yeah. So, so I just had a, uh, a test, a stick in the nose test. Stick so in I the nose test? A, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, COVID, the little the COVID, COVID test. test. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I deserved a lemon loaf. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there, there you go. Get a little reward for doing, going through that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so, so what's up, you guys? We called you because Cheyenne mentioned we're going to do the show on hype. She said that we haven't done a question from my aunt in a while. Is this what is she the said. Truth. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you have a, a question from my uh, aunt? <laughs> you know, I'm away from my notes. You okay. know, uh, there were some things I was curious about, but we could always do my, it for uh, our next episode, Ben. So that we like we could call you back after we're done recording this episode. Maybe we're doing hype, and then Cheyenne's going to be running the show for character. So that, oh. yeah, character. She's got a lot of interesting stuff. I like character. Yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. Let me think. Let me think. Okay. Because uh, there was one or two things. That's okay. We kind of sp- we kind of sprung it on you. So yeah, which yeah. is what I do. I'm one of those people. Like my mom will call and you're with me. I'll say, yeah. "Here, talk to my mom," and then I'll just hand the phone <laughs> off to. Yeah. I'm one of those annoying yeah. people. So just yeah. hope that. Yeah, yeah. Cheyenne, that uh, at any point my mom doesn't call because yeah, because um, then I get to then you'd talk have to, to her, uncomfortably yep. talk to her. But I mean, I don't know how uncomfortable I'd be. I'm pretty, I'm pretty no, no, fluid you're... in social situations, oh, yeah. as you yeah. can tell by yeah. this. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But but have you ever talked to his mother? No, I have I have not. <laughs> that's that's a different animal. That's a different animal. <laughs> She's fine. She's fine. She's fine. Yeah. I mean, I. I haven't talked. I hadn't talked to her for like twenty years, and then she she called Ben, and I was there, and we just talked like, you know, like we hadn't been apart for a long time. So yeah. she's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Just don't yeah. bring up politics, and you're fine. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> or where you're going, because all. then she'll say, you know, they're killing babies over there, and blah blah blah, yeah. and you're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. okay, mom. Right, right, right. <laughs> I did have interesting questions. <laughs> That's fine. Have you figured out whatever that is? Dis, disconcert, discon, discourse, discon, discord. That, that, yeah, oh. that's the one. Spoken like a true person from your generation. Excellent. Yes. yes. Oh, that's right. I, the, I meant to tell you it, my joke. Okay, what's your joke? Okay. 
All right. Okay. Uh, it, it's like three different people saying things. First of all, there's uh, the uh, millennia, millennials. Okay. They right. say, who's Neil Young? Right. And then there's gener- Generation X. And they say, I thought Neil Young was dead. And then the boomers say, what's Spotify? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yep. And I, very it was, true. It was cute. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what? I talked to you about that that whole thing with with oh, yeah. uh, with yeah, Neil yeah. Young and, and the thought of removing myself from Spotify. But then yeah. I saw Joe Rogan did uh, did like a, a response. Well, here's the thing. Here's what, what what we had. Here's I talked to different people, and his response was totally cool, level headed. So I'm like, well. If someone doesn't do yeah. their own research, it's bad on them. I can't police that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, and there are many examples of, of people's artistic expressions and things that are not quite accurate to historical you yeah. know, things. And that's that's gonna we're gonna cover that when I do hype uh, in one particular oh, instance okay. involving Arizona. But it's oh, like okay. it's kind of like, you know, back in the nineties oh. we didn't have the internet and that's probably a good thing and a bad thing, right? Good thing it didn't yeah. get blown up. Bad thing you couldn't do the research you can do now. You had to go to yeah. a library and yeah. Usually at the library, they had a computer, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. But I mean, you know, either that or use yeah, a Dewey yeah. Decimal System. Well, yeah, I know. I, I prefer a Library of Congress, but okay. Oh, Jesus. Man, <laughs> you're old school, yo. Yeah, well, I am. That's because where I worked uh, at Purdue, they used Library of Congress. Oh, and so okay. I found it. But I like the Dewey Decimal System a lot, too, because I'm a math person. Right. And then also, I think that you used to use the system they had before the Dewey Decimal System, which was the Huey Decimal System, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. And and then the Louie Decimal System. (laughs) Right, right. Anyway. Right, right. All right. Well, enough of the dad humor. Okay, so um, we'll give you a call in our break, and then we'll go from there. If I, yeah, and if I don't think of anything, uh, just let me know. Here's my joke. Just just, my joke. Use your joke about the millennials. I don't know if that's going to ring oh, the no, same. You're right, you're right. You're right. It's not going to ring the same coming from. I mean, we've got in this in this conversation, we got a millennial, we've got a Gen Xer, and we've got <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah, who is. Yeah. It, I think that's a joke that needs to be told by a boomer to to have so. impact. So. You know, yeah. If either one of us were to tell that joke, it would come off as we're making fun of boomers. Whereas if it comes from you, oh, yeah. then and that's you're, why I th- that. I thought it was funny when when it was the what Spotify. That's when I laughed. Right, and yeah, it's and right, coming right. from you, a, a boomer. That's hilarious. Coming from me yes. or Cheyenne, it would be like especially we're making fun from of you. me. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like twenty five. <laughs> it's like whatever, boomer. <laughs> Maybe well, we'll okay. just hold the joke, or I yeah. can just clip it yeah. off this right now. We're recording anyway, so if it's a good quality, okay. I could just clip it and just kind of like here's a joke from my aunt. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So, right. Well, okay. Have, have fun with your hike. For this next clip, as you know, I have two podcasts. I've got the old man who's 18, Bash, crotchety old man, but, you know, he's still hanging in there. And then his younger brother, who is a little demon. He opens cabinets and he gets into trouble just like a cat, and he's forever going to be a kitten. He's got a tiny little kitten head. Mango is usually one that pipes up during the recording of my sessions, but this time, uh, in between 
Cheyenne and I recording the hype and the character episodes, Bash decided he wanted some lap time. So he (laughs) jumped on my lap and could not be removed. He was stuck to my legs. So I just decided to let it go. And then I told a story about another unwanted interruption from Bash when he was a very young kitty. We have an intruder. Bash. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Come on. We're taking a little, little... Cat break. Cat break. Goodness. <laughs> He's really sticking. Yeah. Sorry. Come on. Oh. Give us some pets. <sighs> cat dad of the year yeah cat dad of the year you know if if he wasn't so old i'm gonna let this slide for just a second here and just give him some pets you know dharma did the exact same thing this morning me and arden were laying in bed after waking up and uh i think he like reached over to give me a quick smooch and she jumps up on the bed and like comes and stands directly in between us by our heads. Yeah. And just loomed over us like, where is my affection? Where's my kiss? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I remember uh, actually when Bash was, um, geez, he must have been, I don't know, like five or six or something. But uh, I had a girl over and uh, things started to get a little, let's say. Steamy. Steamy. And then, you know. We're in various states of undress, and then all of a sudden, Bash comes in, and he's like, "Hey guys, what's going on? Hey!" And he just wouldn't stop. Uh, what you, know, you doing? Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, if I close the door, he's going to be scratching on the door and ruining the mood anyway. So I'm just like, well, I guess I'll just take this as a sign as we just don't do this. Just not a good time. Not not a good. Well, not a good time, and not a good person. Maybe I don't know. I kind of took it as a sign, which means there was obviously that seed of doubt planted somewhere. (laughs) But anyway, okay, Bash, now, now. Off you go. These next two clips are from the character episode. And it is an episode that was almost lost due to uh, SD card corruption. Fortunately, I was able to work some data recovery magic on it and... I was able to rescue the main file. Usually when I record the show, I get two separate tracks, uh, one of my guest and one of myself, and then I mix those together. But in this case, I had to use the overall track that had everything mixed. It didn't sound as professional as as it normally does, but it turned out really well. Had a lot of uh, funny stuff in it. Cheyenne, it was her show. I told her that she was running the show on that day we recorded two episodes and Cheyenne vows never to do that again so (laughs) we'll see if she changes her mind but I highly doubt it but anyway she had a great plan for the show Uh, it's just that we had too much information and too much conversation to be had I think the main recording actually lasted about two and a half hours for the discussion that we had which is great, but it's a kind of a nightmare when you're trying to edit it and then also, you know, pare it down. I didn't want to remove too much, but I did have to remove enough to make it the hefty yet 
reasonable one hour and 22 minutes. The first segment that you're going to hear was cut from a speed round where Cheyenne asked me about my favorite hero. I take her down the James Bond rabbit hole. So we talk a little bit about that character and how problematic it was initially and how I kind of enjoy the current iteration of Bond. For the second one, I cut this reluctantly because it was a part of the way Cheyenne had organized the show. She was going to do this speed round where we each answer who our favorite whatever hero, villain, character was for various media. That segment itself took a long time, even though we cut one of the segments, which you're going to hear in the first clip. But the second clip, she would um, recite an iconic movie quote, and I would tell her what character said it. It was a great sort of conversation starter for the word character, but unfortunately I just needed to cut something and that's what had to go. So enjoy. So your favorite action hero was James Bond and mine is John McClane. Oh, a Christmas movie. A yes Christmas or no? movie. Yes, absolutely. Okay. okay. What, why do you say it's a Christmas movie? For one thing, it takes place on Christmas. Right. So, but besides that fact, I believe there is a spirit of getting home to his family that right. is involved in all of this. Yeah. And it also plays... Or making amends, too, with yeah. his wife, right? They also play a really good Run DMC song in the beginning of that movie. It's called Christmas time. Christmas and Hollis. Yeah, and Hollis Queens. And it was cooking supper with collard greens. It was really good. I, I love... Um, Die Hard. I love. Uh, there's a lot of quotable lines in that. Obviously, yeah. Um, that is Welcome to the Party, pal. Right. Right. It's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good movie. And but actually, I that actually... reminds me of a good villain too. Oh. Well, I mean, Hans Gruber. True. Is a pretty <laughs> calculating, amazing villain from that yeah. movie. But let's get back to that later. For sure. Uh, James Bond, I've never actually seen any of the James Bond movies. Yeah, here's the thing with his whole deal. It's, I wouldn't say he's a hero. He's, he's more like whoever plays him plays him differently, right? A little differently. He's not written. There's like some really shady shit that goes on in the early novels. Um, as far as like, uh, I forget which, which, um, movie it was, but the whole scene, the whole thing was he goes to Japan and he becomes Japanese. Oh no. Yeah. It's really problematic. So, I mean, as the series ages, the stories change to be more, you know, like, uh, reflective of the time. Like, yeah. uh, if you look at a movie, there's a lot of, um, let's say, for example, the, the Timothy Dalton, who I think is a wonderful actor. Those days, there's a lot of helpless women who need saving and sleep with James Bond and all that. Right. And now, with the more recent Bond, the Daniel Craig era Bonds, I think are great. As far is he as your favorite Bond? Earlier in the episodes, <laughs> I would have told you that Timothy Dalton is strictly based on his acting but i've since rewatched those movies and i think as far as james bond uh and his arc from movie to movie has really grown and i think that is a testament 
to the way Daniel Craig played that character and really brought him to life. And also, the stories are a little, yeah, they have their moments of cringeworthy, like this is a, a helpless female in, in a tough situation that James Bond tries to rescue or whatever. Um, there are problematic elements, um, but there are also strong female leads, like um, like M. I mean, she, you know, Judy Dench. My God, she's you know the, the badass who knows what's going on and will tell James Bond when he's being you know when he's being shitty. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I would say not so much the earlier Bonds. Yes, the most recent Bonds and Daniel Craig is probably now officially my favorite Bond. Just officially official yeah because it, it's reflective of the times that in more of a inclusive way in than, a positive way yeah than than it was historically that's so, fair but anyway that's that's my little caveat to why i think james bond is my favorite one yeah i think that's cool and i like that there are so many different versions of bond and that it's a character that's grown over time oh yeah um which is kind of meta we're talking about characters improving over time and this is a character that from the outside has improved over time right but but it's it's improved as far as the way he's written now that ian fleming so the the first group of movies were kind of written by Ian Fleming, right? The, 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 they were based on books written by Ian Fleming. But Ian Fleming's books, there was a lot of racial sort of stuff in there. There was a lot of shit that's like eh, sexist, racist, yeah, kind of overtones that when the books were all ran out and they started making their original stories, they were trying to be reflective of the time they were put out, right? So the 80s, you had a lot of people doing coke or whatever and yeah you know just like things but still there were you know there weren't really the things that we want from movies these days strong female leads diversity um characters that are not you know just two-dimensional uh so i don't think i need to explain this again but it's just like the the daniel craig series took something and was inspired by it but brought their own sort of flavor to it based on today's more more, more realistic inclusive climate yeah. yeah just the uh just having more inclusion and better representation well well written um characters with depth and and you know just just like characters we care about Whereas, you know, in the first movies, you couldn't give a shit about M. M was just the one who's the asshole who's given all the orders and telling Bond when he fucked up. But that's not the way Judy Dench's character was written, right? Judy Dench was an integral part of that first movie and cared, but she also had to be the boss. She so, was tough. Yeah. So she was one of those, she was put in a position where she cared about Bond, but she had to be a leader so she had to make an example of him in certain cases and and so on and so forth so that's so relatable yeah yeah (laughs) i got you so um we're gonna go we're gonna move on to our favorite book characters we got i got some characters i bet you this is an actual speed round do or do not there is no try yes who's that that's uh philip seymour hoffman (laughs) Nah, that's no. not your serious answer. No, no, it's it's a walk. That's uh, that's Yoda. Yeah, I know it's Yoda. 
We no, got like, come on. Like, <laughs> is this supposed to be me? No, like... this is not. This is not supposed to be easy. Okay, or this is not supposed to be hard. I should say. We got. I am your father. And yeah. have you ever said that into an electric fan? Uh, oh God, yeah. Of course, you have to. How many times? Like we we probably need, we a probably, lot. Yeah, we need like four digits to 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 nail that number. Um, we got. I ate her liver with some fava beans and a nice chianti. Oh, that's uh, that, yeah, yeah. That's that's fucking creepy. Um, that is uh oh the Jodie Foster um the Jodie Foster vehicle. <laughs> yeah, we got what's his name? It's Han- Hannibal. It's Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter from. From Silence of the Lambs. Lamb, lamb, lambs. Yes, you need your mint jelly. Yeah, that, that was that was also an excellent character portrayal. One of those movies I see once and I will never see it again. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the movie Seven. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Seen it really? once. Really, I love that movie, again. and I've seen it many times. What's in the box just freaks me out. Just like the connection with the innocence of that character and her baby. Uh, I'm just like, oh god, it's just a lot. It's too much. It's too much. Uh, give me a romantic comedy. Please. A romantic comedy. Yeah. A, a, a funny, quirky romantic comedy. Oh gosh. Okay. Someone needs to make a romantic comedy video game. I've been saying this, and it should be a side scroll and beat 'em up. Now, hold on. <laughs> it's got to have like story elements and de- character development and things. And I think it would be great if it was like an internal monologue. So all this stuff that's going on in the side scroll and beat 'em up is the back and forth between your brain, right? Like your brain figuring things out like, oh, should I do this or should I do that? Or what is yeah. this person going to think? Or, well, you know, like all these things that happen in your head that are kind of, I, I don't want to say needless, but actually they make it, like you, you develop worry. So like, what do you do? You fight the worry monster, which is whatever. Right. And then you date and it's a dating simulator too. Yeah, that's fun. I like that. Yeah. That's a good one. Yep. I got two rom-coms for you. Yeah. Win a Date with Tad Hamilton and yeah. Love Potion number nine. Okay. So they're both great movies. I like the movie Mannequin, <laughs> which is an <laughs> 80s movie. You showed me the preview for it's that. It's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Um, another one that I thought, I don't know if it's, it's, well, it's not so much a romantic comedy as it is an artist trying to find himself. Xanadu is also uh, a fun sort of thing. Oh, The Tall Guy. Another Jeff Goldblum movie is also an interesting movie about this guy who is an American actor in London. Rowan Atkinson, who does Mr. Bean. All right. He is in it. And he plays a character that's like basically like that kind of person who does that as a Broadway show or not a Broadway, but, you know, in Mm -hmm. in London. Right. As a regular show. And um, Jeff Goldblum's character is the tall guy, which is basically the guy who's the brunt of the jokes, kind of the straight man, right? So everything that happens, happens to him. Like, you know, um, he, you know, Ron Atkinson gets all the laughs and the tall guy gets all the shit until he has said that he's had enough and he decides uh, when he meets this woman who is a, uh, a doctor um, that, you know, falls in love with her and, uh, at the same time, he's falling in love with her. He gets a role playing 
the Elephant Man in the musical version of the Elephant Man. <laughs> very good. Yeah. Very so good. it's a really weird kind of fun romantic kind of comedy. Very zany. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Anyway. I can't watch rom coms anymore. They're it goes into what we were talking about earlier about how people um, in rom coms never communicate effectively because it creates more drama. When, when you um, say rom com, I think of television shows more than I think of um, a romantic comedy. But oh, I can see. I don't know why, my, but my brain goes there. Anyway. I definitely think of movies. I think of like anything that Jennifer Lopez ever started <laughs> as a rom-com. You got right. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, yep, yep. Ghost. Well, that's just romance. That's not comedy. I think it's pretty comedic. <laughs> so I guess actually now that I think about it, I mean, a ghost coming back to life. Or just haunting his his lover, yeah. And then you got uh, unchained melody in there, which I'm not going to start singing. Yeah, those are some good solid rom coms right there. Yeah, you want to uh, go back to the the thingy with the characters? Oh, with the characters, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, so we did Hannibal Lecter. Okay, the next one I had was Why So Serious? Let's put a smile on that face. That's Joker, of course. Uh, you got. You shall not pass. That is the guy from the um, the Middle Earth movies. Yeah, Gandalf. Gandalf Grey. Yeah. You got. I'll be back. That's uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman again. Wow, that's kind of weird that you used Philip Seymour Hoffman twice. <laughs> no, it's uh, Terminator. That's our Terminator. Um, and then finally. One that Arden had me throw in here, right? Which I don't think you're gonna get. He goes, "I'll swallow your soul." What is that from? It's from Evil Dead. Oh, it is a Deadite. Okay. Yeah, which I know it's a horror yeah. movie. But when I the asked, thing, the only thing I know is groovy, groovy. <laughs> when I asked Arden to intone the line for me, he did it just like that. Yeah, and no, I it's, no, it's very accurate now I that you say it. I couldn't yeah. stop laughing. Yeah, but one of the ones I was going to put on here was Patrick Bateman, uh-huh. uh because of his iconic business card thing. Yeah. So, Pat- and, and this is something that you saw the movie, but you didn't see, didn't read the original book. No, right? I didn't, and I took a lot of notes about Patrick Bateman and his business card thing because, as you know. It's a scene in the beginning of the movie. He's sitting down to lunch with his friends and they start pulling out their business cards. Yeah. Patrick Bateman's very proud of his. He pulls it out and it says that it is made with bone. That's the color. And the text is something called Cillian Rail. Yeah. And then his friend, Van Patten, pulls out his business card and Patrick Bateman starts sweating. He, start, he, can, he grips his fist underneath the table because he can see this business card is like better than his. Right. Van right. Patten's business card is eggshell right. with Romalian type. Right. And then finally, their friend Price pulls out the best business card of all, the one that really gets those beads of sweat rolling down Patrick right. Bateman's forehead. And he says, this one has raised lettering with pale nimbus white. And you hear Patrick Bateman's voiceover go, look at that subtle off-white coloring, the tasteful thickness of it. Oh, my God, it even has a watermark. Yeah. So that that whole sequence, I always just thought was like the most, the funniest, just 
most entertaining part of the, that really pulled me into the movie because uh-huh. you it showcases his obsession as a character with appearances and with aesthetics and uh perfection yeah so i really love that whole sequence i also wrote down hey paul because i think that's a great bateman line okay um hey paul hey paul right before he murders him yeah here here's the thing with the book the voiceover that he does right for for his character like in that scene right but he also does voiceovers on other things describing right right so in the book it is almost chapters like entirely chapters of describing those types of things like the business cards like the threads and the things down to whatever you know just like he describes them in such excruciatingly painful detail very similar to that card scene and that is part of you get part way through the book and you go what's the point then you find out the point at the end kind of where his perspective shifts which I didn't see the entire movie. I just saw parts of it. So I don't know how, how it works out. There are things in the book that I heard were absent also as far as music. Did he describe something in the way of it was uh, Phil Collins or something? Yeah, it's a it's an album that he's playing for right. his friend. Okay, so he's got several things in the book that are about musical groups same thing with a chapter similar to phil collins i think he's got two or three different ones chapters but in one of the scenes which i heard is not in the movie that's in the book is during the middle of this whole you know like the murder thing happening he goes to a u2 concert and he's like totally drugged out and at the u2 concert he has this vision that bono is Satan and is basically telling him that he's doing a great job and things like that. So he has this twisted kind of vision that kind of adds this sort of flavor to his character. That's just kind of like, what the hell? Like everyone goes dark and it's just he and Bono and Bono from right. me too is talking to him and stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh my God, this is, you know, it kind of nails the point that he's just nuts. Right. Mm-hmm. And and so I don't know, it's, it's really a great book and a really a, a kind of a two dimensional character that doesn't change really. He almost changes, but then he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and that's kind of the scary part of it. Gives in to his, his dark passenger or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. You're, we have a little pod cat. Yeah, he's, he's, getting, he's getting the zoomies. Getting squirrely. This next clip is from the episode I did with Paul on the word virtual. It was a warm-up with Nora, kind of a conversational warm-up to get people comfortable with talking before the show. This time, Paul and I discover that our basketball coaches said the same phrase. And I tell a little story about my big shot that I took back in grade school in basketball, how it ended up. Not only this episode, but also our Metaverse episode that we record when you're out here. Yeah, yeah. So, Hope my brain's better. Oh, your brain will be fine. <laughs> just just plug it in. Plug it in somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe it just needs a recharge. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You, could, you you brought your brain charger, didn't you? 
No, you know, I brought, I've got a whole box full of chargers with me. Perfect. It should be in there. Yeah. I, I, I use one that's a, it's, it's kind of like, I just pick it up wherever it's called coffee. There you I go. have some for the first time in like three days. Oh, geez. I have some today. So that explains why you're all loosey goosey hyper. hyper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do people say loosey goosey anymore? I don't think they do, do they? <laughs> you know, my basketball do. coach said it once and oh, we yeah. made fun of him for weeks. Oh. Yeah, no, no, that's exactly what yeah, my, yeah. that's where I got it. From basketball? Yeah, from my basketball <laughs> coach. <laughs> Stan Krabby, one of the most appropriate gym teacher names and also a great name for a coach, Stan Krabby. Mr. Krabby, one time when I was on the basketball court, this was back, oh, geez, you know, like fifth grade or something. I was on the team and they put me out there. We were playing against this team of like, you know, like the second best team in the league. Like we weren't even ranked, right? right? And they had this coach that was very much like, who is that guy from Indiana? The, oh, the guy uh, who threw uh, the chair. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, I mean, I Bobby know. Knight. Yeah, Bobby oh, Knight. I don't know why yeah. I didn't think of yeah. that. Tom, yeah. Tom would know, but he left the room. Yeah, so. Bobby Knight. So yes. Bobby Knight, yeah. he had that. They had that kind of coach where he was like yelling and always like. You yeah. Know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And this is like grade school basketball, dude. <laughs> right. He got results. So. Right. right. He did get res- Riley was a, was a formidable opponent, but anyway, <laughs> I was yeah. there, and they were our hoop was at their bench and I was over like, you know, three point line area and uh-huh. they were all yelling. I was wide open. Right. And they were all yelling at me to shoot it, shoot it. And I just look over my shoulder, you know, look over my shoulder yeah. and I look at them and then I took the shot and I sank it. And then I was like, well, whatever, you know, to them, yeah. you know, and then, yeah. and then Stan, took me out of the game and i was like why did you, i made the shot why did you take me out of the game it's like you were uh-huh. hot dogging you were hot dogging man <laughs> you're kidding yeah that's what he said oh wow yeah so hot dogging yeah because you know i guess <laughs> yeah, that's, was, that's the picture of you hot dogging yeah, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> i guess i was you know i was all loosey-goosey i was all hot dogging <laughs> eh, whatever virtually virtually hot dogging yeah. all right well anyway let's get uh, we're gonna get uh yeah, get to the show it. then here is another pre-show warm-up segment that I had with Ryan, who is someone that I've known for uh, quite a long time, probably over 15 years now. He and I used to work together at The Coffee Shop. I try not to say the name of The Coffee Shop, but you know it rhymes with ducks. We started talking about acting, and Aunt Nora tells her stories about acting. Ryan tells his stories uh, about his acting experiences and how he met Jane Lynch on the set of Glee one time. And that kind of leads to a mistaken identity of Nora uh, that is very reminiscent of her HDM1 cables. We talk about a particular celebrity that I met working at the coffee shop and making her a double short wet cappuccino. If you include that, I have a bacon number of two. I have a bacon number of two. That's That makes me feel pretty good. I don't, I don't know why. Two pieces of bacon is never enough. Not to digress. Digression is our middle name here at the Two Vague Podcast, but let's get on to the clip. I'm trying to find mute. Mute? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, Nora, I've got Ryan. Also known Ryan. as Mango, but but just call him Ryan. Hello. Okay. Hi, Ryan. Hi. 
So, what's going on with you? Well, what? I just got back from shopping and didn't get shot or anything. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> that you well, didn't yeah, get shot. Honestly, it's been... Uh, yeah. Uh, two people were just killed this morning where, where your dad used to go uh, to McDonald's. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And it was in the morning. It's like, geez, this place is... Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then I started... I was hot, and so I'm eating an ice cream bar. Okay. But since you called, I put it in a dish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, now that we got that out of the way... Well, you, you asked. You, well, yeah. That's not necessarily how you are doing, but I mean... It's what you are doing. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. But we've got, uh, like I said, Ryan. Our show topic this week is going to be the word comic. Do you have any um, thoughts on the word comic or uh, or questions? Uh, I mean, he is an actor. Really? Well, Ooh, uh, he, a- yeah, that's his chosen direction at this point in his life, right? You can speak up. I was hosting a late night comedy show downtown in the format of trying to do the same as late night on television. Oh, oh, that could be good. It had good shows. It had bad shows, but, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. When you're centered downtown in Tucson, the majority of the, uh, talent is basically open mic. So trying to force a format while keeping something fresh and relevant was yeah. a little tough. But but still, it, you know, are you still doing it? I, I haven't. Uh, the venue oh. had closed. It has oh, opened okay. back up with new owners. And they seem to be doing well. I just haven't reached out since yeah. the yeah. pandemic and everything. It sounds good. It, it sounds like a, a you know. It was fun. It was fun. I had a fresh monologue every week. The wow. acts that were on that I I particularly liked and could sense that I could like yeah. play with on stage. I would you know have them sit around and I'd interview them and then and would, like you say play with on stage. That's a good you know good rapport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. all all improvisation type type stuff or the opening monologue. I would spend basically the whole week. Yes. Uh, yeah. Writing. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then if any of my jokes were too close to like Kimmel or Colbert or Conan, any of any of yeah. them, I I would just scratch it and try to write another joke oh. to fill it. So you, oh. you so you actually paid attention to the late night comedy sort of zeitgeist. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. It was a nice like tip of the hat if you if uh-huh. if you were writing something and it was on the next day or or you know your topic was on the next right. day or the following day yeah. you know knew you knew you were in the right direction. Right, right, right. I've felt that a couple times with other podcasts where it's like, oh yeah, I talked about that last week. And yeah. It's like you know you're like going, oh, okay, I'm relevant. Yeah. yeah. In my own right. sphere, at least, right. 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 with all of my listeners, Aunt Nora. That's basically yeah, right. my, yeah, my audience. <laughs> That's not true anymore. Maybe it was one. <laughs> Maybe it was. <laughs> yeah. It's starting to, actually, it's starting to pick up a little bit. A lot. I've got a lot more yeah. people listening, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. It is. So do you have any specific questions about acting or about comedy or comic, the word comic or the word improv? Well, first of all, Ryan, do, do you act like in plays and stuff? I have. I have found just with work schedules 
and whatnot, uh, it's easier yeah. to do film. Oh. Especially with Tucson. Like if you were to do a play, you have to commit. It's a whole yeah. second job with rehearsals yeah, uh, yeah. and requesting the right. work off and right. being like, you know, a local play. The, the right. money that you potentially get, if you get it, isn't the same as, you know, uh, actual right. job. So doing films, yeah. you know, a sense of like, you know, your shoot dates and you can right. request right. Oh, two so days cool. off and get paid more money. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's wonderful. We have, a, we have a lot of movie shoots in Chicago. Yeah, see, that's what I was. I was trying. <laughs> I was trying to suggest that he move to Chicago, but then you said there was a shooting, <laughs> so well, that ruins that suggestion. Oh. I'm not sending yeah, you. Well, I know how to duck. Yeah, that, well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> well, that's, good. that's a start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a start. <laughs> you, you also told me a story about how you landed. Is this a long time ago that you landed the role where it was like the smoking part? Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Oh boy, this was probably seven, eight years ago. Okay, okay, so it was a while ago. Yeah, it was a little while ago. Yeah, I, I was on set for maybe a half hour. Pay was like $250. And I was telling Ben that it was also a pack of cigarettes because I was smoking at the time. And the uh, in the background, you can see me smoking. The director came up and was like, hey, I love that. You need to start chain smoking. And sure enough, I did yeah. all through those yeah, those yeah. takes. And he's like, here's money for the cigarettes. Here's the day shoot. You're awesome. Oh. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, you get a job for your smoking. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> guess I made it look smoke? cool. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Smoking. Wow. Hey, well, kids, don't smoke. don't smoke. Yeah. yeah. Right. Don't right. smoke. But yeah. So. I was telling him about how you generally, you, there was a point in time in your life that you had aspirations to do yeah. that kind of thing. Was that? Yeah. Yeah. What, what? I was a baby. Okay. So it was like. I, I was, yeah. 18, 19, 20. Okay. All right. 21, 22. <laughs> <laughs> when I got a job, my second job in the city. My first one was working for a loan company. You know, I've got to start somewhere. But my second job, I said, went to an agency. They used to have those. Uh, and I said, I want a job in theater. And, you know, there's lots of them in Chicago. Mm -hmm. I'll do whatever. They said, would you take advertising? And I said, yes. So that was as close as I came. <laughs> <laughs> that to me doesn't sound like it's close at all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry well, to we say. Used actors. We used actors. <laughs> okay. All right. That was like we talked about that on Lunchables, didn't we? The fact that you worked for the uh Oh yeah, Oscar Meyer was one of our clients. Yeah. yeah. I did stuff in college. I did stuff after college for a few years, but it was just community fun. Sure. And it's a you know, it's a good it's fun. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. There are two types of people when it comes to acting. It's like people who do it for fun and people who do it who because they want to improve and, and actually Yeah pursue it as a career and explore the right. human condition you know yeah <laughs> yeah you know i've got that's part of my problem was back when i was doing it i didn't understand the human condition so my acting was like i'll imitate this person or you know that kind of thing but now boy i understand and i can put that into acting but i can't remember my lines you know fair i mean in that when i approach 
a role before I actually memorize the lines. I focus on what are they trying to convey. Um, yeah. And yeah. I'll I'll walk I'll walk through my apartment or whatever and just try to get the message yeah. out before actually getting it verbatim. Oh. Oh, that's good. Because then if especially if you're doing a play and I'm I'm going to leave out Shakespeare for this, but but if you're doing yeah. a Tennessee Williams play or, or what have you. Sure, uh-huh. you, you can have high regard and respect for, for the playwright, but what is really important to him is what is the message. If you can convey the message, the right. audience will right. know what, what was meant and the fellow actors know how to play off of that. Yeah, that, that is true. You've got to be able to work with other actors, I, you know, the other actors in there. So many times in the community... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if if I had an actor on on the stage with me ask, "Where is the pop?" instead of "Where is the soda?" Oh yeah, I'll I, I can go I can go with that because I know what they're trying to say. Right, right. But if they say right. "Where," and they freeze, that's when the <laughs> the illusion's dead, and then it's like, "Oh, they forgot their line." Are you thirsty? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's when you have to get them back on track, and that's where it gets risky right. and dangerous right. but a little fun too so so is that um, improvisation that's what that oh, is absolutely In, improv for me has always been like a go-to right i would love to do improv but i don't think my mind wouldn't work that fast under pressure i can be comedic when i'm very comfortable with people but if it's under pressure my mind just freezes but i think i think also improv is a beneficial acting skill just it's not necessarily yes. comedic right it's it's something where you're trying to create something based on a situation and it can be yeah. comedic it can be depressing it could be one of a number of things so that's that's right. i think the one that's more popular right is making it fun and making it about comedy but i don't yeah. think it has to be yeah yeah the only rule i i follow is the yes and so you don't make yeah, your partner look bad you want to make them look as good as possible yeah uh. Well, I'll just laugh at it. <laughs> that's what I, you know. So you don't have any questions, any other questions? No, I'm just so impressed. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. I, and seriously, I laugh, but seriously, this was, Ben, you didn't tell me you knew somebody who was an actor. <laughs> well, that, well, <laughs> actually, you know what he, you know, uh, he had lunch with, who is it you had lunch with? Uh, Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't anything crazy. I wasn't trying to get kicked off the the shoot or anything, but yeah, yeah. I yeah. was on the set of Glee and oh. hanging out during their lunch break, and we had a little oh. chuckle about their chicken lettuce wraps. <laughs> yeah, but uh, well, she was a sweetheart. Yeah. yeah, well, that's cool. I mean, just meeting meeting people who do it for a living, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's still pursuing it. It's not like it's his Good. career right yeah. now. I think he still has a passion for it. It seems like absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. Good, good. And that's keep something. It up. Really, keep it up. Yeah. Thank you. As long as you can afford it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I understand that there's a, a barista position. <laughs> <laughs> He's already doing that. By Okey the way. Okie dokie. Yeah, eleven years. Eleven years. Yeah. Oh. He used to. That's how we met. Actually, is we used to work okay. together. So back. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And we haven't, oh. we haven't even, I mean, we, we've been Facebook friends for quite some time, but this is the first time we've gotten together in like, what, like 
10 years or something or nine years. Well, a while, yeah. Good. Yeah. So Good, good. So, anyway, well. So reconnecting. Uh, so we're going to get to do recording the show proper, but thank you for being our warm-up. Okay. But let me let me mention something to Ben. Okay, Uh-oh. Ben and I are going to an art opening tomorrow night. Okay, it's a gala art opening from MCA, um, you know, Museum of Contemporary Art. Okay, and Patty Labelle is one of the guests. Okay, aren't you impressed? Yeah, that's all. She wasn't the one that. Oh, she's not Darla or whatever her name was. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's the person that came in and you knew who she was? It wasn't Patty LaBelle. Okay, never mind. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm just <laughs> sitting not, over here. I'm just confused. I don't. I don't quite understand. No, what went in, Yeah, went into Starbucks. You recognized her. Oh, Queen Latifah. Yeah, that oh, was Latifah, Queen Latifah. Patty LaBelle. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> not not the same at all. Not even close. I know. I know. I know. But yeah, yeah, Queen Latifah, uh, and and okay. and I think okay. one of the. Uh, one of the people we worked with uh, at the time, it was Rachel, yeah. and she says, "Hey, I think Queen Latifah is in the bathroom," and I'm like, "No way! There's no way!" <laughs> and then she passed me the cup, and the cup said Dana on it. Okay, which yep. is that's mm-hmm. that's who Queen Latifah yeah. is. Dana Owens made the drink for her and went to the handoff plane, and lo and behold, it was Queen Latifah, and she was a very nice yeah. person. So of course, very of cool. Course. So, yeah, yeah. That's the only person so, I ever met that... Queen Latifah's in the bathroom. You'd never think you'd hear that sentence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I think Queen Latifah's okay. in the bathroom. Okay. I think. She could be somewhere else. I don't know, but I think... Did you give her the code? I oh, think she was in the bathroom. That was yeah, pre-codes. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. okay, well... Okay, well, have a, good, have a good session. All right. It was lovely meeting much. you. Nice meeting you, too. I'm, I keep up the good acting. For these next three clips, they're from a couple of episodes that I thought turned out really well that Nora and I did after I had initially announced that it would be a summer of soliloquies because I was having some trouble getting guests to come in. But as it turned out, Nora became my co-host temporarily, and I think she's really enjoying herself being a co-host. Uh, before starting the show on the word moon, there was a uh, a news story about a Google employee who had determined by his work interacting with a uh, a chatbot that the chatbot was sentient. And then in the next two segments, oh, let me just say also, there is a hilarious YouTube clip where someone did a mashup of Detroit Become Human and Police Squad. Check that out. After that, in the next two clips, both from our Blood episode, we tried a couple of different lead-in introductions, but they just didn't seem to land very well. I hope you enjoy the next three segments. Okay, so we are going to... Did you see in the news that thing with the guy who works at Google who has made the determination that his chat bot is uh, sentient? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. It's a, There's an NPR article about it. I'll send it to you to read later. But it is yeah. pretty weird. Huh. Yeah. Google engineer 
who sees companies' AI as sentient thinks a chatbot has a soul. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was big news, and everyone was like thinking, "Oh, this is this is fake." Blah blah blah. Right. Had a conversation with the thing, and said to him that he wanted to actually work for the company someday. Wow. Strive to achieve to be yeah. an employee of Google. I was like, uh, "Okay." Okay. <laughs> well, okay, okay. Let me tell you, I'm reading a book right now. Okay. Called Clara, Clara and the Sun. Okay. It's a future fantasy, but future like in 50 years or something. Okay. Uh, something like that. And it's about artificial friends. We won't call them robots. No, no, no. But right. they look very similar to people and they, different ones have different abilities. Right. But they put so much information in them, they almost seem like they're humans, okay. you know. And and it's I'm I'm still not done with it, but it sounds like what you're talking about. Yeah, well that's the... uh, and, and they're trying to make this one into this girl is is going to die. This daughter is going to die, and she's the artificial friend of uh, the AF of this girl. And what the mother and somebody else are trying to do is to turn the um, AF uh, artificial friend into the daughter. The, the daughter, yeah, after oh, she wow. dies. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm at the point where, where Clara, who's the AF, is going, what? <laughs> you're, you gonna, know, you're, I, gonna, you're going to... I didn't sign up. Yeah, right, exactly. Huh. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, and that's, you know, I mentioned before on the show the game Detroit Become Human, and that's one of those, sure. you know, if it wasn't oh, for yeah. the... Yeah, if it wasn't for the quick time event stuff... I think you might enjoy it, but yeah. it's like the the story of the you know the different perspectives of the different you know yeah. synthetic beings that kind of are sentient, but but they're not. You know what I mean? It's like it's toying with the fact that they uh -huh. are actually sentient beings, and they start to realize all at once. And um, yeah. the one, you know, one of them is a police. Uh, or at least he's he's like the uh, he's like the Decker character in in Blade Runner, where he goes around and okay. he and he finds locates these these AIs that have gone off the reservation or whatever, and and are uh -huh, uh -huh. to you know to go to the lab and be reformatted or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, science fiction. I don't know. And they're just friends. Yeah. They're just friends, right? It's not like anything weird, right? Or is right. that, or is that uh, explored in this book, or mentioned um, like girlfriends, like robotic, you know, not just friends, but robotic oh, romantic partners and things. It is mentioned by some Cretans that are human. Okay. Uh, but you know, but not it's it's not part of the not part of the main story. It's just right, kind of a right, side right. note. And like I said, I still have about a third of it to read. Interesting. Yeah, no, it so, sounds... What is the name of the book again? Clara, with a K, K-L-A-R-A, -A, and The Sun, S-U-N. Okay, Clara and The Sun. Yeah, The Sun is her god because... Uh, or I mean, she thinks of it as, as that because they're um, solar. Oh, okay. Powered. Yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah, that makes yeah, sense, yeah, yeah. right? That, that yeah. you would think of that as the... As your right, power if source, you, if that's, yeah. Right. Interesting. Right. 
All right. Well, it's, let's not talk about the the, no, right. the person who everyone's writing off as crazy. Well, no, you, you know what I just thought about him is what if one of his buddies that works with him uh, says, hey, this would be really funny. Let's do this. And they programmed the um, whatever it was to to do that, to say, you know, to say things that would make the guy think yeah. uh, it was it was real. Wouldn't couldn't that happen? I don't know. It could, yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I'll have to see. I'll have to read the read the article. Well, anyway, he he ended up getting suspended anyway. <laughs> oh so, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, you know, and who's to say that Google isn't covering up a little bit of this? Because you know that would be kind of widespread panic, right? Yeah, um, they, yeah. They they got someone who's a scapegoat now who can. You know, they can point at him and go, that guy's nuts. Right. And then right, all right, their right. other artificial intelligence work goes untouched or whatever. Right, right, right. Unscathed Yeah, whatever. yeah. Because chatbots, like, you know, that, and that's the other thing, too, that if one of these, the the thing that I told you about, uh, remember the, oh, geez, what is the name of the, uh. the high school girl um, one that they put her out uh, for uh, Microsoft was working on it and she mm. had turned racist within like 20 minutes because people kept on bombarding her with all of this stuff that it was, it was a, it was a conversational sort of robot that was going to work with Twitter and, oh. and have conversations with people. And then you, you would send her yeah. things and it would send back things. Who's to say that that's not, I mean, you know what I mean? The the human right. the human mind could he could have predetermined that. Yeah. Just based on right. how he phrased his questions and maybe it isn't right. just the the AI or or people messing around with him, although that would be funny. Right. Right, right. It reminds right. me that there was a, there was an episode of I want to say it's broadcast news. I'm not sure the the episode, but there was or and I'm not sure the the program, but there was a whole bit where this person was starting to. She got a word of the day calendar, and she was yeah. like the office, you know, like her character in the whole thing. She was like the dumb person who was uh -huh. like you know had uh -huh. no personality, and all of a sudden she started sounding smart because she had this word of the day calendar that she would use right. the word, and all the people in the office were starting to get like a little like. I guess jealous or, or they decided they're going right. to play a joke on her. So they made an entirely made up word of the day calendar oh. then replaced her other word of the day calendar. So she was just saying nonsense words. Right. So, right. Yeah. That's that what that, sounds... that's what that whole scenario reminds me of. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, are you ready to get the party started? Sure. What the heck? All right. Let's start this party. Rain season just gearing up, so we're we're starting to get yeah. some rain here, so that's good. Um, but anyway, we're not going to yeah. be talking about rain for the entire show. Uh, what I did want to touch on really quickly from our previous show, you mentioned something about Velcro, and oh yes, yeah. And I just did a quick look up of Velcro because I didn't, I wasn't quite sure if it was a brand. Or if it was a, right. you know, an actual, that was the name of the thing. Um, but it, as it turns out, Velcro has a proper name that is a non, 
that's not like brand name. Yeah, that's not a trademark. A generic. It's a generic. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's now referred to the genericized trademark Velcro. People call it Velcro. But yeah. it's actually the type of fastener it is. Do you know what it's called? Something to do with loop? Yeah, it's hook and loop. It's a hook and loop fastener. Yeah, I, I remember I remember hearing that sometime, except I couldn't remember what went with the hooks. <laughs> yeah, it's not hook and loop. Or loops, I mean loop. Okay. Yeah, hook and loop fastener. Apparently there is a hook and eye closure, but that's for larger, yeah. that's larger sort of hooks. That's individual. Right, exactly. Whereas this is just a whole group of them. The development of this hook and, and loop fastener is kind of interesting. You should check it out. I don't want to devote too much time yeah. to it, but yeah. Yeah. So it's like rollerblades or, you know, which is uh, inline skates or band aids, which is adhesive right, right. strips. Is that what they were called? Uh, yeah. Or plasters. If you're, if you read a lot of oh. English books and watch English things, they're called plasters. <laughs> yeah. Plasters. I think I'm going to ask for a plaster next time I have a cut <laughs> and see what happens. Yeah, right. Um, right, right, right. Maybe someone come out with a trowel. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> right, Here's right. your plaster. What? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> but but anyway. Okay, so a small hint yeah. on what our, well, I don't know if it's a hint. You just kind of fortunately studied for the correct thing. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, not studied. Let's not say studied. Okay, uh, okay. Research? Put too much pressure on me. Ugh, still too much pressure, uh, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, don't put too much pressure on yourself. I mean, it's like research is, research is, I think calling it research, can, some people, uh, there's sort of a gravity to calling something research. Yeah. But it really is something that should go on on a day-to-day -day basis when right. when you're told something about a fact you should take your you know take your yeah. own i mean now that we have all this information readily available to us um information and disinformation you know but yes. but i mean it's a lot easier yes. to do research and we don't have to go to the library necessarily yeah so but anyway right, right. but i mean it, i think right. it calling it research does have sort of a gravity to it that we think yeah. of it does it does for me yeah well, I mean, I think, you know, we associate it with school, you know, a lot of times. So well, it's like, yeah. um, but anyway. You, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> no, no uh, nothing. I was, well, I was just going to say, you know, those little programs that I do uh, like once a year or something for the, huh? for a group. Yeah, um, yeah. See, I research those. Right. And, and I research those. I, you know, and I think about all the questions that people might ask. Right. And so I'm I'm going beyond what I am saying in my program, mm -hmm. but I'm I'm prepared for all possible questions. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And to me, that's that's I mean, research for somebody who doesn't have a job. You know? <laughs> right. For 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 me, it's 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 more for personal. It's it's less for you know what I mean. It, right. For me, this is right. I want to do enough research to where I have interesting facts. Um, but at the same time, I mean, at the end of the day, this whole thing is just for fun. This is, you know, right. so I know, I know, but so, I so know. you will not be graded. Well, I might quiz you. Oh, geez. So. <laughs> um, but anyway, blood, let's get into it. Blood. Okay. 
we did a show with John on the word cooperation. And that was the first time I had ever really field tested using Discord to record the episode. It's also my first time talking with John for an extended period of time. I think we met in passing at my dad's memorial service, but we didn't really have a lot of time to talk. This clip, it was cut because there was some redundancy in our discussion, and we talked a little bit about, you know, Valorant and a little bit about Warframe, and it just kind of felt like it didn't fit. But it's good material on its own, so take a listen. That's fascinating. There are some overlap things for uh, a game that I'm, I've been playing for a while called Warframe, but I just do it just for fun. And it is, you yeah. know, it's like a third-person shooter-ish. Can, you can kind of go into first-person, but it's a third-person shooter. You've got three different weapons, but they have so many different kinds of weapons. And part of the joy of that game is being able to customize each weapon and each frame which has Mm -hmm. four different powers with these cards that drop that basically give you you know like you could increase you can do things with different elemental kind of you know damages and yeah it gets the complexity in warframe is far different (laughs) than the complexity definitely probably more complex than valorant but just a different type of complex and and you're saying like the drops and stuff in the cards like that's that's the rng that i was talking about that doesn't really happen in valorant like i know every you know possibility that could happen in the game basically right where in some like that you know i could like in a game like warfare i could you know i could get this this sweet card that's gonna deck me out or something you know and now i'm set and and you, you can't really plan on that happening yeah can you is it Mostly no, it's is- well, I mean that's that's the thing. It gets to the point where you level up the cards and so you have the cards that you want. I mean, it's not each okay, so the wiki is your friend if you're playing Warframe. Let me just say that. It'll tell you which enemies will will drop cards. It is randomly generated, but if you play through a round or two, most most cards that you want are going to drop. And okay. then there are other cards that you buy when certain events occur or this guy comes around, this traveling dude who goes out into the void and comes back with weapons. There's, you know, like higher level things. I mean, it's 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 very complex. Warframe, I don't know when you last played Warframe, but my gosh, it's almost too complex now. Like the barrier to entry is so high on that game because there's just like a so Destiny much. Type game? Even more. I mean, it's it's just, more? yeah. And, and it's not about, I mean, the great part about Warframe for me is the, the ability to customize the way your powers work and the way your guns work. And I think it's a holdover from this game I used to play, which is a massively multiplayer online game uh, back when you were two years old. <sighs> called City of Heroes, which was a superhero-based game. And, you know, you could have people who had a primary power set and a secondary power set exactly the same, the same role that they're playing. But depending on how they slotted it with these little enhancements, they could behave differently. And that's what I like about this. It's like I can have a gun and I can have it customize it to be a certain element or uh, be better at long range, short range. Um, there are some cards that do 
like multiple things where it'll increase one thing significantly but reduce another thing. So there's there's sort of a trying to figure out what the best, you know, the best customization would be for each enemy set. You know, there's three different factions and they each have their own kind of weaknesses. It is really really, I mean like I said, very complex to figure it all out, but just something I would, you know, pick up and play. It's very easy to just play it by yourself, you know, or play with people. I prefer to play most of those games by myself, but that's just me. And since I play on a console, I can type, but usually I'm absorbing bullets while I'm typing something. I just don't like to talk to people that I don't know <laughs> like mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, I've, I've, found myself falling into some games uh i think the most recent um games like somewhat similar to that that i that i played a lot of was the outer worlds okay okay um similar to fallout same same developer yeah uh but i I, yeah I, i liked the fallout games just because sometimes it is nice just to like basically it's like you know it's like when you're reading a book and you're you fall into the book and you're you get lost in it, and I yeah. and I found myself getting lost in those games, and that's that's like the real the real games where uh, lose track of time and end up playing for you know four hours or five hours. Right. Like, oh wow, I've been playing for a while. Maybe I should take a break or something because you know you've got stuff to work on. You're trying to get new um, new upgrades, or you're trying to discover this new city, or you know right, all that right. stuff. So. See, and that's the thing that I find very interesting with, with the times that we grew up, right? You, you and myself. I think I cannot play a game. I think, I think my maximum is probably two hours tops. I mean, I don't usually go two hours, even on a single game. It's usually like two hours and then I'm done. And I think that probably has to do with the fact that in the arcades – I mean, that was what you were playing. You had small, small groups of time, right? You weren't, you weren't sitting there for four hours in an arcade. Well, I guess some people were, (laughs) but it was like there was variety and it wasn't like the same game over and over again. So I have a tendency to get bored, but I mean, playing a game for, like I said, two hours, three hours, that's the maximum. I just can't do it any longer than that. Something like Valorant would mean I'm only playing one round probably, right? Because it's like each each game lasts an hour, like as far as the championship ones, right? The the highest level. The, yeah, the well, even you play. any game, it doesn't even matter, uh, you know, what level. It's all, it's, you know, you have, so, ba- so basically you win when you get to 13 rounds. Okay. And each round is maximum three minutes. Okay. Maximum. Gotcha. But. So you know, if you if you went thirteen zero against the team, you could be done in the game, done with the game in thirty minutes, twenty five minutes. Okay. But most games tend to go to you know thirteen eleven or you know thirteen nine, and and that's when it takes fifty minutes to an hour. Gotcha. Um, but the thing that's refreshing is there's four, you know, there's I think there's five maps now. You know, I could finish a game and I'd be like, well, I just played for an hour. But when I load in, I'm on a different map. It's like I'm playing a whole new game. Right. So it's, sometimes it's refreshing and doesn't make it feel as like it as like it's dragging on as long and, and it's it keeps it new. 
So and there's different strategies on every map and different characters that are better for certain maps. Gotcha. Do, do they have season passes kind of stuff that, that you like? You do have to yeah, buy seasons. I mean, it's just for skins because every gun in the game you can have skins for. Okay. Battle pass just gives you skins. That's it. There's that's no it? pay to win or anything like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, and that's what I think with Warframe that I kind of liked about. I mean, there was a time when I would buy the prime frame to get the highest you know the the prime stuff right right off the bat and not have to grind but the fact that you ha- you can grind for all the prime frames is really cool and you don't have to pay for those things or you can trade those parts like if you like if i get all of the frost prime parts by grinding i can go into the trade channel and just say, hey, I've got a Frost Prime, all the parts and the blueprint, 300 platinum or 200 platinum or whatever you want. Give mm-hmm. me an offer. And then you can get that currency that you can buy <laughs> by yourself, like, you know, okay. pay them. But then also you can make it without even having to buy any of the currency. It takes a little while to mm-hmm. do that. And it's not like there are people who are mining that stuff over and over again. And if they are, it's like, it's not quite enough to be worth it, right? Yeah. But yeah, it's it's got an interesting in-game economy. They're always trying new stuff, which is both good and bad because it's just like different modes and, you know, sometimes it's focusing on end-game stuff and that to me is always like one of those slippery slopes where it's like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm in the end-game content segment. However, that's not going to bring new people in. Keeping this game growing is more, I think, is more important. And so some of the things that they're focusing on are mostly like, what about our people who have been playing this for six years? What do they want? But it's simple. I just want a fun experience. I just want something new and exciting. And there's a lot of variety of the different game types you can play also in in Warframe 2. I mean, you know, you got your, you've played it before, you know, some of the basic types. And that's the other thing too, like a crossplay sort of thing. <laughs> you don't have to worry about crossplay; it's only on PC. It Com- wouldn't be possible to really compete on a controller and uh, against keyboard and mouse on a game. Like agreed, that. agreed. Especially on just something there's too that- many buttons, and every utility has its own button, and a controller just doesn't really cut it for that. Well, and then also the the precision problem is yeah. like that. That's mouse that's the big thing. Is, yeah, the mouse and keyboard is more precise which is kind of where a lot of these games that want to do cross-platform between uh, PC and console is okay for something that is almost entirely cooperative multiplayer versus an environment, you know, like where you're together Mm -hmm. thrown with a group of people, but not when it comes to player versus player stuff. Yeah. I've got a question. Like when we started talking about this as far as, the games that you play you play counter-strike and you play uh, valorant and you you kind of hinted at playing through things like fallout how important are games as far as story based games because for me i'll take kludgy mechanics game mechanics if if you give me a great story oh uh, um, yeah is I there guess. kind of a balance for you when you play games there's the cooperative kind of playing with other people, but then there's also enjoying the story by yourself. 
I don't think I'm similar to you where I don't think the game mechanics really matter as long as there's a good story. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Outer Worlds is a pretty clunky, has a clunky feel to it a little bit, but yeah. Um, I've heard you know, I haven't it's like I could it. hop, I can hop in a spaceship and go to a planet that I've never been to, and there's so much to explore, like almost too much to where I couldn't even do it all. Right. But um, it, you know, it, it it was just cool because I could come back from school or something and be like, I'm going to go explore, you know, this planet over here on like the outer rim area over here. And there's all these new monsters and new weapons and new armor I can get and yeah, all that stuff. That was super neat to me. So. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still, give me, give me a very concise story and send me on a thing. Are you excited about Starfield at all? Um, I've heard about it. Is that, is that like star citizen? Like that's the, no star Starfield yeah. is the newest. Um, it's basically Skyrim in space. Essentially they're trying. Really? To, yeah. Ooh, it's that could be cool. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, now that Bethesda is almost whole is wholly owned by Microsoft. Right. Um, mm-hmm. it was supposed to come out for both systems, but now it's going to come out for the Xbox and I'm guessing the PC only. But yeah, that's yeah. basically Skyrim in space is essentially what it is. And I'm, you know, I'm a little skeptical. Who knows what's going to happen? Because, I mean, Cyberpunk didn't seem to turn out too well for CD Projekt Red. No. Did you play yeah. that at all? I didn't, but I had a bunch of friends that did. Yeah. And, and I was, like, excited excited for uh, some, of the, some of the upcoming games. But the problem is I'm kind of on the, um, kind of on my last leg when it comes to PC games because I don't bring my computer to college and I just right. play over the summer and that's why I like a, a game like Valorant because it doesn't change that much to where I you know I can go to school and come back over winter break and hop on and still be able to play and know the stuff that's going on but I don't necessarily have enough time to to play a to play a storyline type game yeah you know so, I could just play on, I could hop on and play play for an hour and be content so how important is the voice our final clip. Once again, some pre-show banter that uh, Tracy and I had for her show on the word role, R-O-L-E. She used to have notorious Halloween parties, her and her flatmates. I think it was a three-story house that they lived in, and everyone was there from the neighborhood. It's a story about what happened to me when I attended probably the only one of these parties I ever attended in Chicago. What happened was sort of a case of mistaken identity. Please join Nora and I next week when we talk about the word snack. Thank you very much for joining me for this look back at some great Too Vague podcast episodes. My name is Ben, and I've been your host. Have a wonderful night. Bye. I don't know where where you are sitting. You're probably at a desk, right? I am at a desk. I'm at a desk in my office. Yeah. You have an office? Wow. Fancy. The perks of having living in a house. Yep. When you don't have as you get to use what would be bedrooms as offices. Yeah. You guys don't live in the same house that you lived in when you were having your Halloween parties, or do you? I lived downtown and was doing Halloween parties uh and the apartment that I lived in downtown. Okay. And we never did a we did Halloween parties out in California. Okay. In the house where we lived in California, at Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. But we haven't done a Halloween party at this house. Okay, I gotcha. So, so that that place that we went to for the Halloween parties was 
an apartment. It wasn't actually. Yeah, that was an apartment downtown. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, it wasn't a house. It was a house. It was a two flat. Right. There were three stories on the house. I rented one of the floors as an apartment. And then my landlord, with whom I threw these parties, lived on the bottom two floors. Ah, it was okay. a house, but it was, but I rented one of the floors. One of the units. Okay. I think I only attended one of your Halloween parties. Adam may have attended more than one, but I remember the one that I did attend. I dressed up as some weird Jap- Japanimation character. I had like nunchucks and I had this like the crazy hair and like a a half shirt and like suspenders and just, you know, just being weird, right? Just dressing up weird. Right. And I was out in the backyard shooting the basketball. Yes. And then these two ladies uh, walk up and they say, now that's a fine looking lesbian over there. And then I turn around and they go, oh, sorry. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> so, so apparently I'm I mean, a, I'm a fine it's, looking. You gotta, you, you sort of have to understand that the context, given who was throwing the party, is that there was going to be gay people there. So, oh, yeah. And, and, so it was kind of everybody was expecting everybody else to be gay. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I, I do have uh, a big ass for a skinny guy. So it's, I can understand the <laughs> I can understand the confusion. Skinny right. guy with a big right. ass. But anyway, okay, so um, you know how we start the show.